All right, we are back with episode five of Lunch with Dr. Coopwood, and we're excited to have today uh, Mr. Stanley Kinney. Yes, sir. All right, Mr. Stanley Kinney, who works in IT as our guest today, and we're highlighting employees throughout the organization um, to talk about one of our specific um, premier behaviors. Um, And this week, we're going to be talking about our premier behavior of communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, Something that is extremely important in healthcare um, from a patient safety standpoint that we communicate um, to our patients, with our doctors, with our family, with each other on behalf of the patient, but also in the background as the organization functions, communicating is of the utmost importance as well to make sure that we can um, achieve the things that we seek to achieve. And so Stanley works in IT. He's the guy that shows up when you turn on your computer and it's frozen and um, you're pulling your hair out. See, I've had a lot of frozen computers. Um, You're pulling... You're pulling your hair out and, and need someone to come quick. And, and um, Stanley is that guy he and his team or the, the people who show up to help us get things back on track. So we're just going to have a conversation today that kind of lets us know a little bit more about you, but also how communication and the importance of communication falls within your work. Ready? Yes, sir. All right. First, um, how long have you worked at, at Regional One Health? I've been working here just almost at a year. Okay, very good. We're um, and we're excited to have you and, and part of that team. So, what does a typical day look like for you? Do you get out of your car? You're geeked about coming to work and sit down at your desk for the first hour to get yourself organized. Is that how your day goes, or is it, it, go it somewhat different? It's somewhat different. Most of the time, I, I meet somebody in the hallway and they'd say, "Hey, Stanley, you know, computer's broke today. Can you come look at it?" And I was like, "As soon as I set down my bag, I'll be over." And it starts and I go over there and find somebody else that needs assistance as well and just continue throughout the day. So, all right. So it's not like a calendar that here's your 10 things you're going to do today and you stick to it. No, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I, I know how that can be um, because there's times where um, my computer hasn't worked and, and I've called someone and they flip it on and push the on button and then then they're off off where they are um how do you deal with the continuous pleas for help um and and trying to prioritize because you have to determine is my computer more important than the nurse taking care of a very sick patient and um and 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 how do you work through prioritizing you and your and the team that you work with prioritizing through the well, generally, you just have to understand that when people come to you with a problem, that it is a real reason. Like they're having an issue and they, they want it fixed. And sometimes they come in at a at a high level or low level, a calm level or a mad level. And you just have to understand they just want their issue fixed and to be understanding and follow it through from beginning to end and let them know what's going on so they don't feel like you're hiding anything. Just be open as possible. So everybody who calls doesn't just say, hey, can I speak to Stanley? I need a little help. But Do you so, run into some people who might be a little more animated than that? Oh, yeah, co- quite a bit more animated. But ho- hopefully you catch the calm ones, but not every day is the same. All right. And so how do you deal with those that aren't aren't so calm? Well, you just mo- – most of the time it's just listening to them. You let them get out what they want to say 
and then you express them what you can do about it and how you're going to work with them. And most of the time they understand that you're telling them exactly what you can do and you're not hiding it and they'll, they'll let you go. So when we think about this um, episode's um, uh, focus on communicate, communicate, make, communicate, 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 you brought up something there that you said you listen first. Is listening part of communication? Oh, yes. The, one of the biggest parts. One of the biggest parts. If you cut people off, they feel like you're not listening. So you're not you're not communicating with them. You're just expressing. You're just talking to them, but you're not listening to their part. It's two parts of every conversation. All right. Well, that's that's important. That's important for all of us, no matter what, what we're doing. If a patient says that we're um, – um, hurting here and hurting there and you just say oh no you, you know you're you're fine um that you're missing as you said the mo- one of the most important keys to good communication is is listening and hearing what people are trying to say and so i'm i'm mad i can't turn my computer on and can't get word to pop up you know that's about all i use i don't can't do all the fancy spreadsheets that everybody does but um i'm pounding on my desk that you're holding up the whole organization because dr kuba can't get his computer to go um you'll let me rant for a while to get it out and take it out on it which is always and then you do you take that personal or do you realize that this is not about you? It's about my frustration and probably some degree of my ignorance in, in managing the computer. Well, yeah, I, I let them talk for as long as I possibly can. Like <laughs> if they're telling me they're having a meeting in five minutes and they've been talking for four minutes, I'll be like, Hey, I understand you got your problem, but Hey, you only got one minute. Let me get up there. Let me try to fix it. And you can express it to me while we're up there working together. Even if we're a little late for me, and I show you I'm up here with you, I'm late too. You'll see me sweating with you, and we'll get through this together. And generally, after we get it working, everybody's understanding, and most of the time you get a nice apology. Like, I know I was coming off a little extra, but I'm glad that you came up here and fixed it quickly. And that's, and that's important because if you cut me off or tell me what I can't do and mm-hmm. – no, this isn't. I'm I'm just going to escalate my frustration and and probably break some of the other premier <laughs> behaviors. So it's important that we we do all those things and and we communicate. So I hear you're a Mac guy. Yeah. Um. And um, Dr. Croce loves Mac, so I'm sure you've been in his office more you've been in mine. But what if I have a a PC and I call you and you show up? And you're the Mac guy. What what do you do then? Do you engage your team to say, help me out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, generally, I'm I'm good at both Mac and PC. But if there is anything that I don't know, then I can rely on the strength of my team, my senior team leader, my manager, and my lead, even my director. If it if it takes that, what we do, we start, we try to fix the issue ourselves. And if we can't, then we just reach out to somebody on our team, and they fill in the blanks where you lack in strength. Okay, very good. So it, it's it's a team effort, oh, yes. and um, um, and if I get you and you can't do it, that's not you. Don't shrug your shoulders and leave. You mm-hmm. you say, let me get somebody who can. Yep, and that's that's important in, in closing that and communicating to that, um, and that helps me with my inappropriate frustration that I might be exhibiting. Um, so part of what our premier behaviors is to do is to manage that patient experience 
and um, to make sure that our patients feel special, um, feel, feel well cared for. Um, you're not passing out drugs. You're not giving shots. You're, you're not um, um, taking people to surgery. How do you see yourself fitting into the patient experience piece? Well, I, I feel that my part is a more background role, but I'm supporting the people who are seeing the patients, taking care of the patients, you know, and everything. So in order for them to do their job effectively, I have to be a good supporting cast, make sure they have the devices they need to service our patients at a premier level, make sure they can do everything that they can do, everything they want to do within reason, be there to accommodate that goal. So. As, as long as I'm doing my job to the best of my ability, they can do theirs to the best of their ability. And I feel that's me being a, a cog in the part of the bigger machine. And, and that, that's an important aspect because you may never touch a patient. You may never um, um, get into the OR. You may never be where patients are, but you support the systems that then pe- the people who are touching the patient can have access to. So, the nurses roll around portable um, PCs on on the wheels from room to room, and if they can't get the information they need or be able to communicate with providers, they need somebody like you who's going to come in. So part of that patient experience piece is polite, professional, great customer service. Um, you already described that your, your, your role is to – facilitate sometimes listen to the the um, unreasonable um, but then to get them and reset their expectations I have a little information that you had a job in college that might have started you on this path <laughs> as well as I think your grandfather or someone helped you tell me a little bit about your job in college and what that has um, shaped you and then some of your family experiences that shape you as well well my first job was at Chick-fil-a back in 2007 I believe and it was just a a beautiful organization that taught me good Christian values, how to treat the customer, you know, how to show appreciation to the customer as well, and how to basically carry yourself. Like, even to this day, I still, when somebody say thank you, I was like, it's my pleasure, you know, because it really is. I, I've, I take pride in my work. I like to come to work because at the same period of time, I couldn't. Like, I, I could not be able to work. I could be laid in bed, you know, sick. So... I'm I'm happy every day to wake up and come service somebody because I believe as a person, as a good Christian, that you should be of service to others. And every day you come in and you treat people the way you want it to, you want to be treated, and then hopefully in return later on down the line, even if it's one or two people, they will do the same, and then makes the world a better place, make you a better person. Absolutely, and even if they don't, you've still done your job yeah. to be able to do that. So do you? bounce in at work and say it's a great day at regional one health or, 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 or you have a new tagline that you use? <laughs> well, not, not, not every day. Every day I want to say I wake up just, you know, chipper and ready to go. But m- most of the days I come in and I'm just like, well, it's early. I'm tired, you know, and everything. But once it, once I get my first ticket and once I get my first test, I start that and I still, I put on that face and I assume the personality of the, the way I would like to be treated because that person may be having a great day or they may have been having a worse day than me. So I should give them a positive person to make them feel better. And in turn, they make me feel better with when they show their appreciation. So tell me a little bit about how your granddad shaped your, your 
kind of your your core values and how the Chick-fil-A turned into Regional One Health? So my granddad was a great role model because he showed me, you know, or he he provided the, the build of what I believe a man was supposed to be. How a man was supposed to take care of his family, how you're supposed to carry yourself, how you're supposed to work, how you were supposed to treat others. And when I didn't do that as a kid, oh, he let me know. So when he let me know, I knew like, okay, my granddad and I, I had I have a I had a lot of respect for my grandfather. So when he wasn't happy with me, I was not happy with myself. So um, I looked at it, I reflected on it, and I determined that like, okay, yeah, he's telling me the truth. And once I started living in those values, I I believe I became a better person. Very good. Um, did I hear that you had a big event of, of starting a long journey with somebody? Can you tell me a little bit about that, and if that's true? Or are you off the market, or, or what exactly is going on in your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm off the market. Uh, thankfully for all the values and that my the company I worked at and the company and the friends I've had, I, I met a lady that, was willing to take the plunge with me and I just recently got engaged and we're going to start our new journey together here very shortly, but I'm happy and is a, is a new venture in life and I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm, I know I'm a good guy and I know she's a good lady and we'll make it work. All right. And is there any lessons you learned from your engagement to help you be a better IT guy? Yes, ma'am. Maybe I'm just saying (laughs) we'll get right on that or whatever those things. Those are good keywords at home too. listening. The customer is always right. And, uh, And if you understand that some way that they're always right, then you'll be good. All right. Well, that's, that's that's, as a, a man that's been married, um, years. Um, that's an important thing that you, 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 you understand that. Um, and that, and that's important. So if you were to stand here as an IT person, um, who, as we discussed earlier, doesn't really touch the patient and we'll have people um, worldwide who listen to my podcast, um, but specifically here at regional one health, how would you, who doesn't, do nursing or doesn't do respiratory therapy it doesn't do x-rays how would you what would you say to them about the importance of communication so they won't say oh that's just in 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 it what you know what how does this help me be a better nurse or better respiratory tech or whatever so do a little teaching there so that they can say ah i get it well because if if they if they communicate effectively with their patients which in my mind or their customers or mm-hmm. however you want to may formulate it, then you will understand their real problem. Sometimes you may think you know the problem and it may not be it. Maybe you didn't listen to the the full dialogue, you know, and understand it fully. And also you can make them more comfortable. You know, they're already in a maybe in a difficult situation, dealing with some difficult problems. Maybe they have terrible news and with us being emotional, you know, it just maybe take a little kindness and a little communication to make that person feel better. And that may, that may make their day, make their life, you know, whatever little small times, these little small steps help people in ways that you can't even fathom. And it just, it doesn't take anything to be a kind person, but it takes a lot to be a compassionate person. And, you just take that time out to communicate and everybody I feel will, will receive a great benefit. Very good. And, and, you know, in, in healthcare, um, 
whenever there's a complication um, or an event that doesn't go as we wanted, failure to communicate is probably one of the leading leading causes that that event happened. And in your um, explanation of the value of communicating, the value of listening, listening to hear, not mm-hmm, yeah okay oh yeah I'm, but listening to hear um, will help so much in that patient experience help so much for us to elevate this hospital to the premier status that we're looking to do and and as you're describing the value in the IT space this applies just like you said that and maybe have a patient have a a better experience and be a very safer experience while they're going through their hospitalization so um a couple last questions so you're a big computer guy, but I hear you read books. That's kind of like low tech for, you know, do you flip on a pad or, or do you have the actual book? You know, some people say, I got to hold a book in my hand, although I'm not reading a book. Uh, I, I do a lot of ebooks and audio books, but if it's a book, like, you know, you start a trilogy or a series, if it's a series or a trilogy I love, I have to have that first book in a printed copy, hardback with a cover if possible, just for my bookshelf. When I retire or whenever this journey ends for me, I want to have, um, I want to have a, like almost the best bookshelf that you've ever seen with all these old copies. And at that time, hopefully if I make it that long, you know, you won't see that many books. And I want to still keep that because one of my greatest memories of being a child was going like in elementary and I went into my library at Beach Bluff Elementary and they just had all these books and it just blew my mind and I never wanted to leave the library. So now with it being digital, you know, it's just in your phone, but I still like that experience and I, I want to pass that along to my friends and families, you know, as as I grow older. Well, that's, that's, that's good. There is no better, let me say it, the... The smell of walking into an old bookstore mm-hmm. is a smell that if you've been there, you know what it is. Yep. And I don't know what drives that, but it, you know, if you go to a vintage bookstore, it's, it's that aroma that's in there that says, and maybe it's all those books playing out, pick me so I can be read again. Um, very good. And then you have a dog. Yeah, I have a dog, one of my second love of my life. I got, I got a first one. His name's Abel. But uh, his name is Kane, and I love him to death. He runs around. He sleeps. And I, I try to spend every waking minute that I, that I can with him and have fun with him. It's just a joy to be with him. And your fiance likes Kane? Oh, she loves him. Okay, she loves, well, like He likes her more than me now, and that's a jealous and sore, sore subject. He picks her over me all the time now. Well, yeah, it's, that's going to be kind of the norm. Yeah, um, and I'm I. It, it's funny to me that my dog hears me when I drive up, and he meets me at the door with his bear in his mouth, ready to play. Yeah. And you know, I said, "All these people at the house, you gonna wait on me to play? No one else is playing with you." So, well, I've enjoyed our conversation. Me as well. I've enjoyed communicating with you, and and I think this is. And I appreciate you explaining to the organization the value of com- communicating, not only in IT, but in general as to, as to how we all elevate our level of communication and listening as one of the most important aspects of that. Um, it's been fun to talk with you. I know so much more about you, and now the world will know more about you because I'm worldwide, right? 
<laughs> okay. Um, and and the world knows more about you. And um, um, thank you for, for joining us for lunch. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Lunch with Dr. Coopwood, a 12-part series that features Dr. Coopwood in conversations with people around Regional One Health and elsewhere who are making a difference with our premier behaviors.